Greetings, friends. This is Mike from Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. This week, as every week, I'm joined by your co-host, your dear friend, your faithful leader, Kyle. We're going to be talking about a topic this week. We're going to be making not a Top 10. In fact, I'm not even going to pretend I don't know what this topic is. No, I am going to pretend I don't know what this topic is. Hey, Kyle, what are we talking about this week? Well, Mike, as you and our listenership knows, we oftentimes make mistakes on this podcast. We leave things off. We order them improperly. Sometimes we just say things that are entirely incorrect and not factual. Today, we're here to rectify some of those errors. In classic top 10 fashion, I have made a bit of a top 10 list out of it. What I decided to do was organize. This covers basically the last 15 episodes or so. And I've organized those episodes from 10 to 1 in terms of the ones that we least fucked up to the ones we most <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I like that. That seems like a good way of doing this. <laughs> yeah. So again, this will be a shorter one like before. We're just going to rattle through, correct some errors, pay some respects to the people that have that have faithfully listened. Beg some apologies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rectif- just in general, rectify the, the horrible things we've done on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'll jump right into it. Number 10 is our Battle Scenes podcast. Mm-hmm. Part of it is that I, I don't know if it's, it's been enough time for it to percolate in people's minds or to catch up with it. We didn't get a lot of feedback on it. One mention that we did get was from dear friend Quinn, who we're going to be hearing <laughs> an awful lot of on this podcast. And yeah. spoiler alert, you'll be hearing an awful lot from next week in our regular installments of Top 10. Yes. Finally. So he mentioned that we failed to mention <laughs> Hacksaw Ridge, <laughs> mm-hmm. which has a great battle scene. I, I think of it more for its aftermath of the battle scene, but it's a great performance by Andrew Garfield and definitely a movie that people should go back and watch if they missed it. Number nine was Beach Activities with Dear Friend Derek. <laughs> the first, the first nitpick was picnicking. For- yeah. Which is true. We failed to really mention eating at the beach at all, but it's certainly a pleasurable experience to pack a, to pack a basket or whatever and, and, and munch on something at the beach. Agreed. I also, I really like a good sandwich on the beach. Like mm. sandwiches that normally suck. If you were to eat them at home or at work or something, you'd be miserable, but at the beach, they're really fun. Yeah. You're talking about the regular, like lame. Yep. Two pieces of cheese, two pieces of ham, and a little bit of mustard on some like, really thin bread and that's it yeah like thinly spread mayo it's kind of it's weirdly damp it's wrapped in yes it's always damp yeah that sandwich is a lot better on the beach yeah (laughs) and for that we apologize (laughs) the other one was we in talking about conch shells that you can that function as horns Mm. we loosely referenced the horn from game of thrones and i once i looked into it i realized there we were actually talking about two different yeah horns i think there's the horn o winter yeah which vaguely promises to when blown just bring down the wall yes and which does appear on the television show yes and then the second is dragon binder which is a mythical horn that theoretically can tie a dragon's allegiances to the blower of said horn. Which does not appear on the show. Correct. And which but, is <laughs> the to- the con- the concept of which is stolen by old friend Christopher Paolini. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize at the time that he had stolen it. I do now. 
He's a world-class thief. Suck it, Christopher. <laughs> so that, that's just more of a fact check. Yeah. <laughs> we probably need a fact checker for these. That's true. <laughs> if we ever get an intern... You would think it would be us. <laughs> and yeah, it's not. <laughs> that is a very good point. <laughs> All right. Number eight was guilty pleasure rap. Mm-hmm. We only had one person respond to this episode. I think a lot of people felt it was a little outside of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But dear friend Cody, who you've now met... I have now met Cody. Pointed out, and I think I under, I think I know what your response to this will be. Cody objected to the fact that Get Low did not make the list. Yeah, you already know my objection to this. Yeah, my objection is Get Low is way too good of a song <laughs> to have appeared on this, and it's way too good in a very, in my opinion, unironic sense. I don't <laughs> listen to that and think, "Ooh, that's funny." I listen to that and go, "Yeah, that's my jam." That's so that was. That's a banger. That is absolutely a banger. That definitely meets Tom Haverford's definition of a banger. But Cody, you're my buddy now, so I understand where you're coming from. You just happen to be wrong. Well, he's got two more. Oh, jeez. So okay. One, I don't remember. Maybe you do. I believe we maybe referenced very loosely, and I think he was saying it should have actually made the list, was Miss New Booty. Get we it did right, reference it. it. I think that that... I think we referenced that as either an honorable mention or at least a, we thought about it. Yeah. But I, I get it. That could have been on the list. Mm-hmm. The last one, I actually don't know. I'm hoping you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the title of the song is Lean, Wit It, Rock, Wit It. Yeah, it's 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 Dem Franchise Boys, I believe. <laughs> yeah, Lean, Wit It, Rock, Wit It. Yeah, just FYI, they do eventually start rhyming things with rock, which mm. they have fun with. Spock. I'm sure they're big yes. Star Trek fans. They are big Star Trek fans. Actually, I'm going to look up right now. You can keep going. I want to make sure this is Dem Franchise Boys, because I don't want to have to vent and correct the record again. Yeah, that would be annoying. Yes, it is Dem Franchise Boys, and <laughs> to be very clear, they do not believe in the American English use of the letter S. Or H, apparently. No, they do not. <laughs> or at least in conjunction with the letter with T. <laughs> yeah, they do not. I don't abide that. No. Seven was our likable characters podcast. Which, oh, God. <laughs> well, the, I think that people just understood, like, this is far too broad to really yes. seriously critique. Mm-hmm. But we did get a couple. Yeah. One was a self-correction. I realized soon after we finished that I didn't throw JD on there. And he's, like, if I made a list of my personal favorite characters, JD would be super high. Yeah, he's sort of an interesting variation on the Bueller character. He's, like, close, but with enough alteration that he stands out as a different character, I think. So, yeah, he could have been on it. Yeah, and then Cameron, my brother, pointed out, and I I quibble with this one, Del Griffith of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles fame. Mm. Because by the criteria of our list, you really would not want to hang out with Del Griffith. Because he's so annoying. But, God, he's so good-natured. What you see is what you get. And by the end of the movie, Cameron points out that... Even a Scrooge McDuck like Neil Page, aka Steve Martin, ends up falling in love with Del Griffith. So, well, I think as we discussed on that pod, there's a certain special corner to be reserved for those people who, even in real life, you don't think you'd like, but you do. Right. He feels like that one friend. You're like, I don't really know why I like him, but man, I love that guy. <laughs> I know the type. Yeah. Then there's Quinn pointed out someone we should have thrown on our not top three, which we didn't really do a good job on. Mm-hmm. We uh he pointed out that basically any of the main characters in Seinfeld is ridiculously unlikable, really. That is a terrific point. That's a terrific point, yeah. So that ma- then, so boom, we've just done a not top four for that list. Actually perfect, not top three, because I pull Kramer off. I think Kramer's an exception to that. 
The other Kramer is not nearly as bad a person as the other three. The other three are despicable humans. That's true. Kramer actually falls pretty well into the category of the Del Griffiths of the world, like yeah. the well well intentioned, just like can't get out of their own way type mm-hmm. goofballs. Yes, but Jerry, George, and Elaine are truly just horrible people. Yeah, they're, they're terrible. Yep. All right, number six, our angsty teen music pod. Mm-hmm. Great work, Dill. Yes, fantastic. First and foremost, we just botched the fact that when we talked about Behind Blue Eyes, it was not Linkin Park that covered it. It was, in fact, Five Finger Death Punch. But hopefully, it, it took me all of 10 seconds to... Sorry. Wait, hold up. This is my mistake. I made the mistake originally, but there's a Limp Biscuit cover. I thought that was the... the... <laughs> wait, wait. No, there is absolutely a Limp Biscuit it's... cover. Nope, you're right. It's not at all Five Finger Death Punch. Damn it, I we was... did it again. So I screwed it up the first time, and then you screwed up <laughs> correcting my screw-up. I I made the mistake because Five Finger Death Punch <laughs> does a really good cover of Bad Company, originally performed Ooh, by Bad Company. From the album Bad Company. Bad Company. <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely be number one on the list of songs that are on self-titled, songs that are self-titled on self-titled albums. It's number one. There's no question. <laughs> so... Bonus content, Five Finger Death Punch covers that song really well, yeah. and Limp Biscuit covers Behind Blue Eyes. Yes. So, the record is straight. Mm-hmm. The other one, Cody mentioned that we should have thrown Fat Lip on there from Sum 41. Yeah, that's probably true. It was. It falls into that, like, it's got an upbeat kind of sound, but it's not upbeat. <laughs> Storming through the party like my name is El Nino. Yeah. I think I still prefer In Too Deep because it's a little more emblematic of angst, but yeah, Fat Lip is probably their... Their most, their best known song. They're very different types of angst. Like in too deep is that I'm 14 and feeling angsty, and then Fat Lip is like I'm 17 and I'm, I'm about to take a real turn here. <laughs> right. <laughs> the last and most important thing from that pod to set the record straight on was our argument over Spider-Man Three. So while, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it the Milkoviches? The Dinkoviches. Dinkoviches. Yeah. Sorry, Mr. Dinkovich. So yeah. we were both right and both wrong. So yes. So, the Dinkovich daughter appears in Spider-Man 2 in three scenes. I rewatched Spider-Man 2 for the purposes of this. She appears in three scenes. She, like, loosely kind of, like, clearly has a crush on Peter. Like, <laughs> Peter's walking through the hall, and Mr. Dinkovich opens the door while he's sitting at his table, and he's like, where's my rent, boy? Yeah. And his daughter is, like, cooking at the stove while this entire encounter happens, and then as Peter leaves, she goes, hi, Pete. And it's, like, two more appearances like that where they just yeah. kind of cross paths and she clearly, like, is smitten with him. Mm-hmm. It's not until Spider-Man 3 that Peter, like, actively and douchily flirts back with her. Yeah. So, like, the will-they-won't-they they was in Spider-Man 3, but you were right, she definitely appears in Spider-Man 2. My my sense of what has happened here is I left the Spider-Man series with a much better taste in my mouth than you did. Because I think I sort of ignored Spider-Man 3, and you you wallowed in Spider-Man 3 for years. So I think mentally you were remembering that terrible interaction, whereas I was sort of wistfully remembering the cute interaction in Spider-Man 2. You're right. My poor experience with Spider-Man 3 has actually retroactively lessened my appreciation for Spider-Man 2. I actually didn't have room in my brain for those yeah. lovely encounters because I was so... I'm, I'm still wallowing. I you're, I'm, so, you're so tortured. It's so sad to me like how much that has tortured you for years. I'm, I was personally affronted, and I'm happy to say that I'm a recovering Spider-Man fan due to his... his, his, his Spider-Man's coming back in a big way. Yeah, I was so excited for the uh, animated thing. Me too. And 
new Spider-Man video games. It's a good time to be a Spider-Man fan. Let's keep going. Yeah. Number five, our recent Spies podcast. So K-Squared, a.k.a. Kevin, my buddy at work, mm-hmm. pointed out, newcomer to the pod, he just started listening, he's binging through them, pointed out that we were mistaken. Harrison Ford does not appear in The Hunt for Red October. Yeah, I think we, I think we sort of, we somewhat referenced that there were different Jack Ryan adaptations and we couldn't remember who was in which one, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. So Alec, I think Alec Baldwin yep. plays Jack Ryan in Hunt for Red October. And I believe Harrison Ford plays him in some other movie. Okay, cool. Yeah, but so thank you, Kevin, for that correction. Thanks, K-Squared. Quinn pointed out. Yes. We, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> we incorrectly said that Bourne actually kills a guy in the first Bourne movie with a pen. Yeah. What he actually does is super gross. He like. Yeah, it's much worse, actually. Pins the guy's hand to the table with the pen. It's super gross. It's really disgusting, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, it's not, and then. It's something the guy, like that. It's, it's nasty. Yeah. Ugh. And then, and then the guy jumps out the window when he realizes he's beat. Yeah. And lies in a twisted, mangled heap on the ground. And there are a lot of, Quinn pointed out, really traumatized people on the ground, like wondering yeah. why this already insanely bloody dude is now on the ground in front of them with like his leg behind his head. Yeah. So. Not a lot of quibbles with the content of that list. Just a couple of, of corrections to make. Yeah, you did a great job on that one. It was fun. Number four, Dick Villains, a.k.a. Jerk Villains. So this is not a correction or anything. It's just an update. We talked about how desperately we wanted Mysterioso to appear in an upcoming Spider-Man film. And since the publishing of that podcast, we have learned joyously that Jake Gyllenhaal will be portraying Mysterio in the upcoming Spider-Man film. <laughs> we are over the moon, over the damn moon about this. I, the idea of him playing against Tom Holland is so wonderful. Also, just one more Spider-Man note. This is a very Spider-Man-y pod. Did you happen to see Tom Holland at Wimbledon? I did not. Okay, so he's at Wimbledon with some buddies or whatever, and apparently he was in the same box as Taylor Swift. And she's walking by, and I can't portray it because it's, it's a visual, so Google it. The look on his face, he's trying really hard not to look at her, but he's clearly completely smitten with her, and he's just like, he's got that look on his face, like he's just seen a goddess among us, and he's trying so hard to keep it cool, and he can't. It's amazing. Tom Holland, I think, is the fastest rising star in Hollywood. He's going to yeah. be a superstar in a few years. He's so yep. charming. He has to be smart about his roles, and if he is, he's got a lot of stuff he can do. He needs to have one role within the next three years where he does something serious that, like, gets a serious... A movie that gets, like, an Oscar nod. Yeah, agreed. We'll see. I'm I'm very optimistic. Let's see. You pointed out that we missed Walter White as a dick villain. Yeah. He probably should have been... Yeah, potentially, like, number two or three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a dick, and it's he worse because... It's significantly worse because at the beginning he's so mild mannered and not dickish in any way. Yeah, he's not the embodiment of evil a la Voldemort. Allegius's dad, the first of many of his corrections to our, our recent podcast, we, we used Voldemort as an example of someone who wouldn't qualify because he's just evil and not a dick. But he pointed out from that same universe, Bellatrix Strange is a real dick. That's a great point, especially in the movies. Yeah. She's especially a dick in the movies because she does that giggling thing that I killed Sirius Black. Like, spoilers, sorry, people. Yeah, she's a dick. Oh my God, she's terrible. Good work to uh, Helena Bonham Carter, right? 
Yeah. She sells it. I hate her. I hate yeah. her more than I hate Voldemort. It was such a weird, like, reverse heel turn when she was in King's Speech and was one of the most likable in classic role. It's a very common one, the, like, supporting, loving wife. She played that so well, and it was so odd to me. It's like, why aren't you evil? Shouldn't you be, like, cackling? Yeah. Let's see. Legis's dad also pointed out Lucy Liu's character in Kill Bill. Oh, Ren, I've never seen Kill Bill. I haven't so. either. That seems weird. We should yeah. remedy that. Movie Weekend. Yeah, movie, put it on the list. And then, interestingly, Cameron pointed out from the same movie, Bill, from Kill Bill. Ah. So, so two dick villains, which we already had a Tarantino on that list. We had Londa. Mm. But it does make sense. Like, he, he likes to have really dickish characters in general, not necessarily villains. Yeah, I think he's a dick. I think it might be why. <laughs> I think you're probably right. <laughs> Last one, we whiffed, we, we mentioned Joffrey from Thrones and said he was a little too bratty to qualify, mm-hmm. but Ramsey Bolton definitely. Yeah, but see, the, he falls, he might fall into like, too he's evil. Evil and deranged in a way that kind of goes beyond being a dick. But the Rickon thing? See, that was being a dick. That's a good point. That's more That's, being a dick. I don't know. It's a, it's, he's tough. I mean, we talked about this. We don't need to relitigate this, but the, the question of like, what is evil and how do you define yeah. it becomes a, a deep, dark hole to dive into. He's a tough one. Worth a mention, at least. Yeah. All right. Now we're getting into areas where we really fucked up. So, <laughs> <laughs> number three was the Mike's podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Allegius' dad, again, mortified that we did not include Michael Keaton, which. <laughs> That's truly embarrassing, because we both love Michael Keaton, and he was fucking Batman. And we love first and second act Michael Keaton. That's what I love about him. He's, if you ask me three years, like, five years ago, no way. But second act has really solidified his place. Good point. I love second act Michael Keaton. I love how amazing it is that one year he is actually Birdman, Mm -hmm. and in a movie that is decidedly casting superhero movies as actual garbage. Mm Mm-hmm. And a few short years later is a Birdman again in yeah. a superhero movie. I love it. And in no way feels inconsistent or like a cop-out. No, he's incredible in both. Yeah. So anyways, Allegis was shocked to find out that we did not include Magic Mike on our list of mics because we're the <laughs> biggest Magic Mike fans there are. Where did we fall on fictional people, though? Were we allowed to do fictionals? We did both. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah, we should have had Magic Mike. Damn Michael- it. Michael Keaton and Magic Mike are two pretty embarrassing oversights for, coming if, from us. If we ever do a pod about people nicknamed in relation to their wieners, uh, we will be reaching <laughs> back into the Magic Mike-averse for Big Dick Richard, no question. <laughs> we did l- l- briefly reference Big Dick Rich in the in the Biggest Dick Villains podcast before, <laughs> oh, yeah. b- before we understood the rules. <laughs> yes, we were trying to work through the rules a little bit. Uh, we missed Mike Ruzioni, which shouldn't have been on the list, but worth a mention. Yeah. And just a, a, a correction. We said that Phelps was the anchor in the relay oh, in Beijing. Yes. And he actually was not the anchor. Thank you, Quinn. <laughs> yeah. But also from Quinn, good advice. Go back and watch that. Just, yeah, we did. Just go watch, watch it. it. Yeah. And just to defend our take on Michael Phelps, he does, I think, I'll probably screw this up again. I think he makes up a bunch of time during his leg. If I recall oh. correctly... He it's swam insane. like a freaking madman. So even though he didn't actually seal the deal, he had a hell of a race. Yeah, the, the it was still his race that it was the incredible part about it. He just yeah. didn't happen to do it right right at the very end. Yeah. Number two, the cookies pod. Mm. The problem was not anything that Jerry said, and, and 
again, people really love this podcast. It was just there were a lot of cookies that people had strong attachments to that didn't get mentioned. I got kind of funnily, I got from two people I know, both named Emma, Mm. one from work, one our dear friend, both pointed out we missed the Elfudge cookie, also from Keebler. It's basically the the shortbread cookie with the chocolate filling, and they're shaped like the actual Keebler elf. Yeah, that's a that's a mistake. That's a delicious cookie. It's a really good cookie. And very copy. There's a lot of copycats out there. Yes. We missed the... Gen- they, they count as cookies. Those weird rectangular, like, waffly-looking wafer cookies that come in, like, the vanilla or the strawberry or the chocolate. Love those. I feel like I'm trying... Did we not mention those at all? I don't think we did. Okay, so my I was under the impression we had said, like, we're not totally sure that these count, but damn, those are good. If we didn't, apologies, we meant to, because that is the way we were thinking about it. At least I yeah. was. Yeah, maybe we did. I My my memory is fazy, or fuzzy, but we had a lot of people, I think, like, as kids, people just, re- I, at least for me, yeah. just eat a lot of them. And based on Jerry's criteria, the way they come, like, <laughs> yeah. In like a brick, like yes. what's the most efficient way to package these? We'll put them all directly next to each other and encase them in plastic. It's cool. Yeah. This is my favorite correction of the entire time we've done this podcast because it is the only one that we have gotten that is from someone we do not know. Wow. This comes from fan of the pod, Cameron, spelled C-A-M-R-O-N, Cameron, Cameron R. You know who you are. You emailed us about the cookies podcast. Thank you so much wow. for listening. We have a listener. We have a listener, and he cares enough to email the pod and tell us that we fucked it up. He told us we missed the grandma's cream cookies, which are basically like just they're it's like the elf fudge, but it's actually more vanilla frosting on the inside. It's like really doubling down on the cream. Wow. Well, you, that sounds like a foolish thing that we missed. Thank you, Cam. We will certainly try those and we'll report back. Oh, I've I've had them. I'm a big fan of the cookies. I just Oh, I don't think to... I've ever had one. Oh, really? You you'll recognize them when you go to the store. They they come in like a like a similar sleeve type deal to the the Chips Ahoy. Mm. And then I'm sure Jerry knows all about them and just like very intentionally left them off his list. So opinionated is he? Yes, he is indeed. Cameron also pointed out that we missed the butter cookies which i think i think he's referencing like the the circular tin of cookies oh the, the, the like, like classic like the german or dutch like yeah. butter cookies yeah those are amazing that's they're a, they're in a weird spot but if allowed they should probably be on the list those are amazing yeah they're in a, like they come in a tin if we're if we're gonna put a lot of value on packaging they're probably deserved. And Caroline, longtime girlfriend Caroline, may have loosely referenced them, like in question form, when we were talking about another cookie, but we yeah. didn't spend any time actually talking about them. That would fit well with her Grandma Carol persona. <laughs> Grandma Carol. That's what her friends call her, if you're wondering. <laughs> you guys are such a perfect fit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number one, we so completely bungled this podcast. It's, <laughs> it's a wonder anyone still listens. Our fictional dogs podcast. Oh, I forgot about this. Un- we immediately, to be to be fair, we immediately realized we had fucked up, yeah. and then were very much helped along by some good friends. So we missed, yeah. arguably, yeah, probably number one, and arguably number two or three. Like we yeah. missed two of the top three, probably. Yeah. So we were expecting a storm from Quinn, and then we didn't quite get it. 
We were we were honey potted. We looked yeah. in the wrong direction. Yeah. We thought we were safe when we didn't get it from Quinn, and then Quinn's fantastic wife, dear friend of the pod, Emma, assaulted us with one of the longest texts I've ever received. On the longest text I've ever received. She was in. If it had come from someone that was not as amazing, amazingly nice person as Emma was, it would have been very hard to to deal with. But she was so kind, and but did tell us we really bungled it. So. Without further ado, we miss Snoopy. Yeah. We miss Snoopy. Tough go. He has his own blimp. Snoopy is the, the most famous fictional dog of all time, and the best, in my opinion. I think. He's, I think he, he's, the, he's the mascot of an enormous, like, multinational corporation. He's actually not anymore. They don't... I, <gasps> I found this out from, from friend Barb, she who works for that corporation. They no longer want to pay for it, so Snoopy is no longer their mascot, believe it or Bastards. not. Bastards! Well, screw them. Let's I, just pretend this is ten years ago. Yeah, <laughs> but the fact that he did, he was. Yes. So, Snoopy, so, we, so sorry to every fan of the Whoops. Peanuts comics out there. And, and, and we just, love Snoopy. We yeah, don't, it's, it's not like we yeah. don't know Snoopy exists. We're just stupid. Yeah. We also missed Goofy and Max and Pluto. Yeah, that's a tough go. That's a tough look. Goofy and Max, you could at least make the argument that since they are anthropomorphized and speak, like, may, might not qualify. Pluto certainly qualifies. Yeah. Right? He's a dog. Yeah, no, Pluto's Pluto's a dog. probably number two or three most famous dog. You could qu- yeah. you could we could talk about whether or not he's over a Scooby, but he's up there. Yeah, he's high. We didn't mention him. No, Emma. So the rest of this text from Emma listed probably <laughs> in excess of fifteen, fifteen to twenty dogs. Yeah, we're not going to go through the list here because most of them sneak peek get references on Emma's upcoming podcast that you'll be hearing in two weeks. So yeah. look forward to that. One one that I will mention here. <laughs> because we spent a lot of time talking about it. Pongo and Perdita do not sire 101 Dalmatian puppies. They sire 15, which is still alarming. The remaining, what, 86 puppies, they run into once they arrive at Corella's mansion. They've already been kidnapped from an alarming number of places to have that many other Dalmatian puppies. So just a correction there. Yeah. It's also really helpful because now we don't have to visualize how a dog would fit that many feet eye. Mm-hmm. It's very helpful. Indeed. And then again, Elise's dad pointed out that we missed Astro from the Jetsons. Mm-hmm. I have a sour taste in my mouth because David Price's dog's name is Astro. Uh, you know, um, I, I really, I know it wasn't my best game. I really thought my fastball was good, but... um. You know who always loves me no matter what is uh, Astro. Be quiet, David Price. Shut up. We hate you. I was mad when I looked at my phone last night and saw... I wasn't mad that the Tigers lost. In fact, I was glad. Yeah. (laughs) I was mad to see that they lost to your Boston Red Sox, which would have been fine normally, but that the winning pitcher was David Price and that we lost one nothing. That really pissed me off. Then I watched the highlights of the game and was even further angered to realize that the Tigers lost to David Price sporting one of the worst beards I've ever seen. When did this happen? He's had it for a little bit. Terrible. He's, he's the worst. Oh, God. I, I just opt out. Please opt out. I, just leave. Go away. Sorry, I know this is what you came for, listeners, but God, David Price sucks. Moving on. Also pointed out by my soon-to-be father-in-law, we missed Underdog. Which... Yeah, that's a, that's an oversight. It's not he shouldn't have been like top five or anything, but he could have been mentioned. Yeah. So that's 
every single one that I can remember hearing from folks. I don't know yeah. if you have any any loose ones in there. You know, I do, but I don't have them in my brain. So, Shelby, <laughs> thank you for all of your contributions. I've forgotten them all, but in the moment, they meant a lot to me. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to anyone that I excluded. I forgot. I have two honorable mentions here. One. Cody mentioned that in our Bad Body Baseball Players podcast, he might have been one of only like five people to listen to that one. Yeah. But in our not top three for just ripped out of their minds players, Jose Canseco probably could have made the list. Mm. And another honorable mention from Cody's wife, Jenny. Mm-hmm. This this is from way back when we did the cartoon themes, the Arthur theme song, which I do love. Oh, I do too. Every day. When you're walking, walking down, down the, street, the street. Everybody that, that you meet. meet. <laughs> It's it's a it's a good little tune. And it's very helpful as you learn to get along with people. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it. Those are our mistakes for our last 15 or so episodes. Thank you everybody so much for contri- for listening first of all and for caring enough to tell us how we fucked up. We love to hear about it. We really yeah. do. Helps us put together more representative lists, which we're not always the best at. And special thanks to our very first non-friend listener, Cameron. We love Thank you. Thank you, Cameron. You're our favorite. All right. See you guys soon. Adios. Alrighty, friends. That was our top 10 for this week, but now we'd love to hear your top 10. So please check us out on all of our available social media outlets, traditional outlets, whatever outlets we have. Check us out on Twitter at top10km. That's all spelled out, top10km. Our email, top10km, spelled the same way, at gmail.com. Or our site, top10km.podbean.com. All forms of communication accepted, except for serial killer notes. Please don't send us any of those. If you like the pod, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never have to miss an episode of Top 10 ever again. If you didn't like it, please tell us why. We'll try to make the show better. Our theme music was composed by Kevin McLeod, and our artwork was created by Erin Sant. You can check out her stuff at Sant Design on Instagram. Alrighty, goons. We'll see you next week.